Daily Tap is live for Thursday. We're going to talk about the Bucks and Suns as the next great NBA rivalry. Couple deadline thoughts. We know it's happening almost like as we podcast, so I'm not going to do too much. Mitch and I have a bunch of deadline stuff coming out tonight. We'll explain that while we while we pod. Also, we'll talk a little bit about prop bets in the Super Bowl, betting against Joe Burrow, all these different things, little betting storylines, shall we say, Uh, let's call it that, um, to wrap up today's show. So a short show today, not a ton going on. Um, That's okay. Uh, We we can survive with a shorter show, especially because tomorrow will likely be a monster. So we'll get... We'll get into that later. We'll explain that um, at the end so you guys have that as a little taste and know what's going on. But let's talk about Bucks and Suns as the next great NBA rivalry. So Bucks take on the Phoenix Suns tonight. I told my dad on the phone, not an NBA fan, but he did mention the Bucks' big win against the Lakers uh, to me. I said, look, the Bucks and Suns is the biggest NBA game of the season so far. Like Bucks and Suns is a huge deal. Uh, it is everyone's healthy. These are the two best teams in the NBA. They're meeting right before the trade deadline, right after the trade deadline, excuse me, but right before the All-Star break. And it is going to be a real sort of measuring stick game. And then they meet again in, I think, about three weeks in at the serve in a 2.30 start ABC uh, when they take on each other on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. So these are big games. These are big deal. This is not your normal magic on a Tuesday night, right? You, This is a locked in, this is a focused approach for the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Milwaukee Bucks have been nothing but focused for the last basically week. As I said, after the Wizards game, I wondered if it would spark something for Milwaukee, and it did. It did in a big way. These, this Bucks team completely changed sort of what they wanted to do and what they were about. And I think it's been amazing to watch. Giannis is on an absolute tear. As Mitch noted to me in chat, like the Giannis MVP push has started. I think there's going to be a push for Giannis heading into the All-Star break about the MVP. But I think right now you could debate him. You could put Joel Embiid in there. You could put Nikola Jokic again. I don't think Jokic will win again just based on Embiid and Giannis's years. But I do think both... I think Jokic has a legitimate case uh, so far, but Giannis and Embiid seem to be the front runners in my mind. I have, I also have Giannis uh, like six and a half to one right now to win the MVP. So I, I would personally like to see Giannis win it. Um, that would be great. But even if he doesn't, um, I, I still will feel good about the season that Antetokounmpo has had. But as for the Suns, as for the opponent, we have not done like a preview, I think, for really any game this season. But I felt like it was warranted given all the hype around the Suns. People think the Suns are the best team in basketball. They think they're better than the Bucs. And I think some people think the Suns could kind of have a Spurs-like year. Remember, the Spurs got beat by the Miami Heat in what was a devastating finals loss. A lot of teams would not be able to get off the mat from that loss with the Ray Allen three and everything else. Spurs came back with a fury that year. The Spurs ended up beating the Heat in five games that next year and sort of retook their crown. Now, I think there are some similarities to the start that the Suns have had, but I also would point out that the the Suns do not have anyone like the Spurs where 
guys who've been there before, guys who've won championships. Chris Paul, obviously a great leader. Chris Paul makes teams better, but at the same time, he turtles when the moment gets too big. Chris Paul, if you rewatch, you know, game five, game six, there, there isn't a ton of Chris Paul in those games. Chris Paul isn't really as involved as he needs to be. Devin Booker also faded in and out of the playoffs. I realize he had some big games, but he faded in and out of that finals. Devin Booker was not this put the team on my back kind of guy. DeAndre Ayton had his own issues against Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez inside. And I think Ayton could be a real issue tonight without Brooke Lopez. I think that's going to be a major factor and something that the Bucs are going to have to, you know, play against. And I think that's going to be, that could be a real issue uh, in this regular season game, which I could argue doesn't mean a ton but I, I do think for the Suns, there is a sense of, all right, if we win this game or we win by 10 or 20, like this is a big confidence boost heading into the postseason. That we feel like we can beat this team, this version, this iteration of the Bucks, and it's a little different. But sorry, back to like the Suns-Spurs comparison. So that Spurs team was loaded with veteran experience who've already had won finals and knew what it took to got, get there. The Suns just don't have that. And also waiting in the Suns' way, and I'd have to look back at like the Spurs. I should have probably done that. But the the Suns have the Golden State Warriors on a collision course for the Western Conference Finals. For those unfamiliar, the Golden State Warriors ha- have been a thorn in Chris Paul's side. Chris Paul has lost multiple series to the Golden State Warriors throughout the years. It's kind of like a San Francisco 49ers and Aaron Rodgers situation for Chris Paul. He's really struggled against the Warriors. They've had his number in the playoffs. Some of it was not his fault. You know, he hurt his hamstring, right, in one of those series. But still, Chris Paul has lost multiple series to the Golden State Warriors throughout the years. So there is that angle to think about as well. That Golden State, while not playing, I would say, the best ball, they lost to Utah last night, um, they still are there. They still are going to be a factor, and that is a team that the Suns did not have to get past last season. They did not have to worry about Curry, Clay Thompson, and others to say, all right, we need to get over the hump against this team. So I I do I do want to caution that in terms of like the Bucks Suns finale is not a guarantee. And I, and I mean, for the Bucs, I mean, you could say, well, Charlie, the Eastern Conference is better. Is it? I, like, I saw Rami Makhlouf, who is a, the local radio host here, who said, is the Bucks run easier this year, potentially, than it was last year? I think we need to see the dust settle of the trade deadline. I think that's a question I'll ask Mitch today, because I could make a case, right, if, Giannis, or if MB doesn't get James Harden. And I, I, the Embiid Harden stuff is also, I'm so fascinated by it in both sides. But if Embiid doesn't get Harden, it's just the Philly team that they have right now. Brooklyn is a complete dumpster fire. Boston coming on strong. The Miami Heat, again, like, I mean, we saw this with the Heat. Kyle Lowry has taken a step back. Like, as much as Kyle Lowry scares me. Who else? Who else is there? It's the Chicago Bulls. I mean, the Bulls can't stop any size. The Cleveland Cavaliers, I know they've been a really good regular season team, but as we talked about with Memphis a couple weeks ago, like you need that playoff experience. It's very rare for a team to basically run through the playoffs without any playoff experience. Cleveland does have a lot of size that can could affect 
what the Bucs want to do, but it's really rare for a team to go through the playoffs without having that experience first. It's a weird NBA thing. It's happened through the annals of time. There's only been a few that have kind of been able to break through it. Uh, Orlando, to me, is the only real example. If someone has others, please let me know. But like Orlando with Shaq and Penny was were the only example where they really didn't need that build up to make it to the finals. They they made it, but that Eastern Conference was really fucking weak by then. You know, New York had taken a step back after two straight finals appearances. Chicago was still, you know, they get MJ back, but MJ was not that guy. And Indiana was good and, and Indiana took Orlando to seven games. There's no like that's the other thing. Like Indiana could have easily got in there and Orlando was able to pull it out and win in this sneaky good Forget it, forget or not forgettable, but a forgotten NBA playoff series. So the Suns and Bucks definitely could meet again. The Suns and Bucks could easily be the finals. I don't think anyone would be surprised. Do I think it's a rivalry already? I think so. I think just way, the way the series was, the way that it was six games, the the fact that the Bucks came back, the fact that the Bucks won in Phoenix. I think that all factors into the rivalry aspect of it. I think that it was physical enough to say it was a rivalry. I would deem this a rivalry. I would put it on the lower rung of Bucks rivalries right now. Like if I had to sort of handicap the rivalries and say what what's the what's the favorite, what's the best biggest rivalry, I would say right now that's still probably Bucks Nets, just given how intense that series was. Given that the Nets have been the Grand Puma, I think Bucks Sixers could elevate past that if we get a Giannis Embiid series, which I think a Giannis Embiid series would affect both teams for a finals. I think, I mean, I think that would be an all-out war between those two guys. So I think Bucks Sixers could easily be sort of that next rivalry, and then. The Raptors, I think, are number three. And the Celtics, Celtics are also there for the Bucks and the Heat. So, like, the, the thing is, is the Bucks have been in so many playoffs recently that they have rivals pretty much up and down the Eastern Conference. I think in the West, it's really just the Suns because they've only been in the finals once. Now, if they go to the finals again and they're playing the Golden State Warriors or the Utah Jazz, yeah, there's probably going to be a little more of that rivalry angle again on that lower rung. I think it only elevates itself to a bigger rivalry from conference to conference if there are multiple matchups. Lakers-Celtics, Knicks-Rockets, bulls Jazz, yeah, I think Bulls-Jazz, even though the Bulls won twice, Bulls-Jazz was a real rivalry and the Jazz were hell-bent on trying to beat Michael Jordan in that last dance season. Cavs-Warriors, obviously, another one that is notable. Heat-Spurs, you if you get two, I think it makes it much bigger. And then three, it's like, it's it's at another level, right? Then you're, you're in that Lakers-Celtics-Cavs-Warriors category. And that to me is more like boxing, more like UFC, where it's like, it's the grudge match. It's the, can they finally beat that team? It, it just hits another level. It's, it's very rarely seen, but basketball breeds it more than other sports. Like baseball, you re, I, I can't recall if there's ever an example in baseball. I'm sure there is. Baseball's been going on for fucking ever. Um, and then also too, you have... 
football, where I think the only example football-wise is Bills-Cowboys. Although, you did have Steelers-Cowboys. You've had Steelers-Cowboys a couple times, but different different characters. I think Steelers-Cowboys was twice in the 70s, and then you had it again in the 90s. But I, I, I think that it's a little different in football and for basketball, it's really just those examples that we sort of laid out. So we'll see. We'll see what the kind of environment is. I think the Bucks are going to come out with a fury. I know that usually last game of a road trip, it's it can be lackadaisical. It could be like, oh, I just want to get the fuck home. Who knows? Maybe the Bucks are staying out there for the Super Bowl. I wouldn't blame the Bucks for staying out in the West Coast. I'm not sure if Mike Budenholzer will allow such a thing because they have a game on Monday night, and they did that against Syracuse, or they did that when Giannis traveled to Syracuse, and then they got their asses kicked the next day. But they are playing Portland and Indiana in those two games. So I think knowing the Bucks have a couple days off, they have the weekend off. Basically, they can spend Valentine's with their loved ones or their side pieces, whatever they whatever they prefer. Um, I think that's great, and that's awesome, and I think maybe that's enough for the Bucks to not necessarily feel like they have to get home or there is a lack of urgency. I think the Bucks are going to come out extremely locked in. I think they're going to want to send a message to the Suns. Anytime the Bucks have wanted to send a message, they have. I think the fact that the Bucks are three and a half point dogs, which we're going to get into betting a little bit here in a second with the with, with the Super Bowl, the fact the Bucks are three and a half dogs is absolutely absurd. That is one of the most absurd lines I've seen all season in the NBA right now. With the way the Bucs are playing, there's no way the Bucs should be a three and a half point dog. Just absurd. I realize maybe this is a trap set by Vegas, but I will follow that. I will take that cheese. As for the deadline, I know you, this will probably go up probably eight or nine. So there's not, I, there could be moves that have happened. I, I got burned by this a little, like a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, at the end of a podcast, I was talking about Tom Brady potentially coming back because Adam Schefter had basically bullied him back. And I was talking about how mad I'd be at Schefter. And then literally before I got the podcast up, Schefter or Brady had announced he'd retired. Now, I deleted that. I didn't actually put it to publish. So, I, you know, it's no harm, no foul. But I, so I don't want to talk too much about the deadline because if moves have happened or if moves went on, I don't, I don't want to, you know, step on our show tonight as well. But I, I will just say this that I don't know if there is a move that would quote unquote scare me for the Bucks. Like, if I think about it and I'm like, all right, this, this team got this. Like, I'm like, whoa, that's that's a little nerve-wracking. That's a little scary. I, I mean, yeah, if the Raptors made themselves a lot better and the Raptors pushed themselves to, you know, maybe a four or five seed, I think that's a little concerning because I know what Toronto can do in the playoffs. I think Boston is a nice story. I think Boston has figured it out. Um, I know there's a lot of folks that don't like the Celtics here in Milwaukee. I'm not huge on the Celtics either. But I, I do, I, again, if they get a few pieces, I'm not worried. I think if, like, the Heat got Serge Ibaka, that's a random, like, deal. But if the Heat got Serge Ibaka, let's just, that to me would be a little nerve-wracking. Because I think Serge Ibaka is a guy that could give the Bucks fits. I think if the Bulls got Serge Ibaka, I actually think that, that would make the Bulls a lot better um, in terms of needing size. So we'll see what teams do. Um, we're going to analyze it all. So Mitch and I are going to do a deadline show. We're not going to do it like in the moment. Um, we just, our schedules don't work that way. Mitch, actually, this is a busy day. So the fact that Mitch is doing this, he does not usually like Thursday pods. So Mitch and I are going to do an 8 p.m. show um, right before Buck Suns. And so what we'll do is we'll talk about the deadline. 
We'll talk about the moves the Bucks made or Bucks did not make. We will also talk about the rest of the East. Um, and then if there are any teams in the West who are contending for a title that made a move, we'll talk about that. And then we'll, you know, a few other little things here and there, a normal show. And then I will add on a Bucks Suns reaction, um, probably at the start or at right after the deadline convert. Yeah, probably at the start. So at the start, it'll be it'll be kind of a weird show. I'm not gonna lie. It's gonna be like a tapping the keg daily tap hybrid. So you'll have a little bit of a Bucks Suns reaction on top, and then it will go in. It'll be it'll also sound different because I use a mic. We use Zoom, so but we'll figure it out. Trust me, I just don't want to do two shows. I don't feel like you guys want that. I feel like you would prefer just one big ass show where me talking about Buck Suns, then the deadline and everything else. So I think that's what we're gonna do, and we're gonna talk about that. And I I'm excited. I'm excited for tonight. This is as exciting as I've been for an NBA game in, a, in probably a while, honestly. I, I There were multiple Bucks games last year where there was a level of excitement. I think some of the Brooklyn games, I think LA, Lakers, LeBron, um, those definitely had, you know, some excitement there. Um, but this is, you know, definitely one that I'm looking forward to. So hopefully it's a good game. Hopefully it's well refed. And hopefully we are talking about Bucks win um, late Thursday night. Moving on to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is Sunday. We haven't talked too much about it. We talked about it on Sunday. Um, I wanted to do a little longer thing on NFC quarterbacks, but just didn't get to it. Um, you know, there's a lot that's been happening in the world of local sports, uh, especially with this Bucks run. So I, I was like, I'm there. It's going to take a back seat, and we'll talk about NFC quarterbacks probably next week, week after. There's going to be time. I'm trust me. There will be down periods. Bucks are also going to be heading on the All Star break. I think that'd be a perfect time to do it. So we're going to have moments. Trust me. So don't 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 you worry. This topic will will come back up, but. I did want to talk about what I thought was the biggest sucker bet in the Super Bowl and why you should avoid it. And so I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to be your guide. There will be a lot of people placing bets. It's going to be a very popular day. You're going to see it in your face. You probably already have. It's all over the place. You're going to get articles. You're going to get hits on radio. You're going to get podcast appearances. Everybody's going to be talking about what prop they like, what prop they don't like. I will say this. Do not bet Joe Mixon to win the Super Bowl MVP. Do not do that. Joe Mixon right now is 35 to 1 to win the Super Bowl MVP. That are that's great odds. You're like, holy shit. That's an odds for a running back? That is crazy. Why would Joe Mixon have that low of Super Bowl odds? Simple. Joe Mixon is a piece of shit. Okay? Joe Mixon hit a woman in college was extremely graphic, was extremely brutal. Joe Mixon, you could argue, I know, granted, he's been pretty much clean since then, but you could argue that maybe Joe Mixon should not even be an NFL player. Now, people believe in second chances, sure, but it was very grisly. It was very disturbing at the time. Now, Joe Mixon then went on and played college, everything else. But people don't forget, the internet will pull up old tweets from any buddy people have been pulling up old joe burrow tweets and they're like clean they're not there's nothing wrong with it they're at, some of them are actually pretty funny like they pulling up old tweets is a thing that we do when someone gets popular it's actually very gross in a way it's like oh let's find what, what they said back in 2011 without any context which is 10 years ago 
It's like all of these guys should wipe their data clean. I'm not saying Joe Mixon would have any bad tweets, but what I am saying is if Joe Mixon won Super Bowl MVP, there would be a mass amount of outrage. There is no fucking way that Joe Mixon is going to win Super Bowl MVP. Save your money. Put it on an anytime touchdown from somebody. Put it on a first time touchdown. Like, do not bet on Joe Mixon to win the Super Bowl MVP. There is not a chance in hell that Joe Mixon wins the Super Bowl MVP. Even if you think the Bengals are going to win, do not bet that because it will be just pissing away money because there is no way it's going to happen. Not with the last two weeks the NFL has had. The NFL has had a brutal weeks, weeks as it is with all the diversity issues. There is not a reason that they would invite another group of people who don't like them. Also, there is a talk of how the NFL has disrespected the cheerleaders for the Washington now commanders. So I, I would doubt that they would want to give it to Mixon. I'm trying to think of a game that Mixon would have where they're like, we have to give Mixon the MVP. It would have to be something like 200 yards, 100, 100 through the air, three total touchdowns. Like it would have to be this like virtuoso performance where we have to do it. And if that's the case, then we're going to use our NFL writers to sort of get out in front of it, you know, leak some stuff to Tom Pilicero, leak some stuff to Rappaport, be like, can you please like talk about how Mixon has changed? She's going to a women's shelter. Like whatever you need to do to set this up to make sure that we're facing the least amount of blowback possible. But even then, I don't know. Like if Burrow throws for 350 on top of that, they'll go with Burrow, right? I think quarterbacks have won nine of the last 12 years uh, for Super Bowl MVPs. So I would stay far away from Joe Mixon. Do not bet that. That is not for you, all right? I've been terrible these playoffs. I've been really bad. This has probably been one of my worst stretches of NFL that I can remember. Now, some of it, I could blame Hawaii. I was just traveling for wild cards, so maybe my mind wasn't right. Maybe I wasn't in the right mindset. Uh, The Packers cost me a lot, as well as the confidence in the Tennessee Titans, which I want to get back to in week number two. Then in week number three, I had a lot of faith in Kansas City. I just felt like, ah, Cincinnati story is nice, but Kansas City looks like the best team in football. And I didn't really worry about sort of this letdown from the Buffalo Bills game. I was like, nah, they'll, they'll roll. They will absolutely roll. Wrong again. I was right about the Rams. I right about a few things, okay? I was right about the Rams, which was nice, but that was a push because the Rams did not win by more than three points. I've been brutal, all right? So I feel like I'm jinxing Joe Burrow. I feel like I am jinxing Joe Burrow, but there is no way I can go against Joe Burrow four straight times. I just can't. Now with my relationship with Joe Burrow and you guys are like, well, that's weird. Like, look, I had Joe Burrow Heisman future. I had an LSU future. I had a lot of stock in Joe Burrow and LSU. I loved that team. And I was on that team regularly. I was on them when they played Alabama in Alabama. I think they were like a six point dog that day. And I was on, I was on LSU. I was on LSU multiple times throughout that season. And so I was walking my dog this morning and I knew I was talking about this. And I was like, why did I stray from the light? And I was on Cincinnati a lot this season. I was on them, I think when they played the four, I can't remember who I was on them when they played the 49ers, but I was on them when they played the Chiefs. That was something I had. 
I really liked the Bengals that day because I was like, this is the Bengals Super Bowl. They're going to win. And I was on the Bengals, you know, spread and money line. So why did I just stray from the life? I think with the Raiders, if we're, if we're really analyzing this, we're really breaking it down, all right? And we're like, why did I go against Joe Burrow multiple times? It all comes back to the offensive line. I thought the Raiders line was too much. I was like, wow, like, I think it was six. It's like, ah, this seems, this seems excessive. Now, what I should have really factored in is Derek Carr, road playoffs, cold weather, at least you'd have a tease available for you. I like the, I really like the Patriots that night. So it's like, oh, I could tease the Bengals down, Patriots up. That would have lost, uh, obviously. But I, I didn't. I was like, all right, Raiders. Both dogs that day um, got killed um, by both teams. And that was ugly. I think I also had, did I have the over? I think I had the over too. And, and that didn't work out, which I'll get to in a second. Tennessee. Tennessee, I was like, all right, Tennessee has this awesome pass rush. Underrated team. They they are not getting the credit they deserve. They, they'll smoke Cincinnati. They lost on a field goal. I should have known immediately that I should have hedged with San Francisco. I never would have done that, by the way. I don't, you know, you guys know my rules. We've talked about it before. Um, I don't bet against my team. So I, I, but I should have known right then and there that I was going to lose a significant amount of money on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, because, like, they had nine sacks. Like, any which way you look at that game and you're like, you should have won. We should have won. That should be me, mine. I should have that. Um, I, I think I got it down to three. So, at worst case, I would have pushed. I think I had some money line stuff tied to it. Like, there is no way I should have lost that game. But I did. So, that was number two. And then at the Kansas City, I was like, okay, again, Burrow got sacked nine times. They're, like, Kansas City has a good pass rush. I saw it against Jordan Love. Now, I know you're like, Burrow is a much better player than Jordan Love. Yes, agreed. But he's a, you know, a young guy who's facing a gr- good pass rush. I'm like, there is no way that this is going to happen again. And it does. Not only does it happen, Cincinnati wins outright. All right? I, I have now said that Cincinnati is the team of destiny. I've thought this really from the start. And I, the more I thought about it, I look at it and I'm like, Look, man, how many times can we have this conversation about Cincinnati? It's the exact same. Oh, the Rams pass rush. Okay, they, they faced two really good pass rushes the last two weeks, and they found a way to win. They're really good at stopping teams in the red zone. And as crazy as it fucking sounds, if you ask me straight up, who do you trust more, Matt Stafford or Joe Burrow? It's Joe Burrow. I've ridden with Joe Burrow. I have been on Joe Burrow's side. I do not want to spend a Super Bowl going against Joe Burrow. And I heard Cousin Sal say something similar that he missed the early Brady run. I did not necessarily miss that because I was way too young and and people would think that. And actually, fun fact, I didn't because I was at like a Super Bowl youth group. I was big into the church back in the day. It's a long story. We don't need to talk about it. But I watched the game there and they were like right down score positions. And I had the Patriots by three. I'm not lying to you. I thought the Patriots would win. And I think one thing that I'm good about is I tend to know, I tend to have a good feel of who's going to win the Super Bowl. I just do. I think there have been a couple cases where I've been wrong. I think the Patriots 2007 is an example. But the last few years, I was all over the Buccaneers. I knew that I felt like the Buccaneers were going to win that game. The year prior, I was all over the Patriots. I thought the Patriots were going to win that game. 
I was I think I was wrong about Patriots Eagles. Um, I thought New England would win that one too. Um, but so the last three years, I've really the last two years, I've really sort of dialed in, and and I know I've been bad, but I I just can't see myself going against the Bengals. I really can't. I I, I think if it's going to be a close game, you know the Rams too. Everything has been close with them, um, so that's another angle to this. Um, but yeah, I'm taking the Bengals. I. I don't know if I'll take the under. So it's weird. The under has really played for the Bengals. Like four of the last five games have went under. So there is a real case to take the under. That said, um, Rams don't necessarily have that. They've been kind of over, under, whatever. And the field really, to me, plays like a over field. Like the SoFi is fast. That's a fast field. Maybe it's a tease situation. Maybe it's a situation where, which I, I actually really like, is if Cincinnati's still at four, which I doubt they get down to three and a half, uh, Cincinnati up to 10 and the under down to, or up to 54. I like that a lot. I, I do. I, I This has burned me in the past, but I might as well try to go down with the ship one more time. All right, that does it for our show. We will be back tomorrow we will have trade deadline reaction with mitch we will also talk a few other things with mitch uh, i'm sure we'll do some super bowl i'll explain to him my Bengals pick um as well as and we talk more in gambling so we'll probably do a little more wide scale what does this mean for the packers either way um and then also we will i have this pitching rotation thing that i want to do uh, i saw a viral tweet i actually want to do it today and then I realized, ah, this is a good topic for Mitch and I to talk about. So Mitch and I will discuss that as well. Um, so I look forward to that show. I think it'll be a good one. Um, and then we will, uh, yeah, Buck Suns too on top of that. So look forward to all of that. All right. Take care, guys. Have yourself an excellent Thursday. Have your Shams tweets on. Turn on those notifications. Remember, we're Shams guys, not Woj guys. All right. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.